what's your favorite flavor of ice cream? Mm, strawberry. Well, that explains it. People who like strawberry ice cream tend to be people who cram everything in at the last minute. If only you were born with different taste buds and preferred mint, then you could be one of these people who can get an assignment at the beginning of the semester and begin working on it in the first week and have a nice, steady, consistent progress. And then the end of the semester comes and there's no big flurry. While Arjun was away, Team Arjun came to play. All the cats out of the bag now, folks. But we're still here bringing you our favorite and most importantly, actionable insights to Arjun's newest book, Profit First for Lawyers. We're going to help you accelerate your law firm's growth so that you can experience more profit in every aspect of your life. We're also going to be providing some behind-the-scenes footage of what it's really like to work with Arjun Robbins. So, put your BS aside for the next few minutes and put yourself, your family, your firm, and your profit first. Welcome back to another episode of the Profit First for Lawyers podcast. My name is Carly, and today I'm in studio with the leader of Team Arjun, the myth, the legend, the ever energetic, Delisi Friday. If you watched our reveal episode, which was on number eight, you saw a video of Delisi surprising Arjun on stage in front of a live audience at our live quarterly meeting, or what we called the LQM. We're going to link that episode in the show notes in case you missed it. I also really recommend checking that episode out on YouTube if you've been listening only so far, because the look on Arjun's face when he found out was absolutely priceless. <laughs> Delisi, I'm really thrilled that you're here with us today. Welcome to the show officially. Hello. Welcome. Thank you. So for our audience's sake, do you want to introduce yourself and your role on Team Arjun? Sure. My name is Delisi Friday, and I am Chief of Staff to Arjun Robbins. Uh, I think it would be kind of an interesting progression as well for the audience to talk about how did you start and how did being Chief of Staff even come to be? How did I start? First, I was headhunted. I was not looking for a job. I got a phone call and in true networking fashion, I said, I'll have a talk with you. I probably know someone who'd be good for that. I'll give you 15 minutes and then maybe I can give you a referral for the right person. And then when I talked to the headhunter, he described me and I said, you're actually not looking for anyone else. You're looking for me. So that's how I got into the job. and. I've been here a little over a year now, and being chief of staff has been life-changing. I didn't know that, actually. I knew that you had been headhunted, but I'd never heard your story in its entirety. So, you know, obviously this person is giving you some information about the role. What did you think working for Arjun would be like before you got hired? Did you have any preconceived notions? So I'll be really honest. I had to Google what is a chief of staff because... <laughs> The first thing I thought was, okay, well, there's a chief of staff to a president and a lot of chief of staff positions in the military that I know of. So I thought if this isn't a position in the military and it's not a position with the president, I have no idea what a chief of staff even does. So I had to look it up to decide if it was even something I would want to do. What did I think it was going to be like? I had no idea. I had no idea. I mean, if you Google chief of staff, you're going to get a whole bunch of different answers. 
and they're very vague. They don't really tell you what a chief of staff does. And I realize now why, because it's very difficult to explain what it is that I do. In my role as chief of staff, I'm a true confidant to the principal that I support. In this case, it's Arjun Robbins. He has to trust me with everything going on in the business. So does the entire leadership team and any executive that's in communication with him. Because if Arjun Robbins isn't available, I have to be able to step in to be his representative and to make decisions for him and in his place. And so there's a true connection and trust that has to happen in that relationship. I also have to be in communication with a lot of different individuals because if my job is to give any kind of advice or feedback on any business decision that Arjun has to make, it's my job to educate myself on what are the facts, what do I know, and decide what I think the best decision is to make. Because if he doesn't make it, there's a certain point where he entrusts me to. I'm also like a communication liaison between a lot of different people. So sometimes when you work for a principal who is as active as Arjun, Arjun's a serial entrepreneur with 22 legal entities. That's a lot of legal entities. So there's a lot of communication that happens. And sometimes my role is to hear a conversation and then decide who are the people who need to be aware of what just happened. And in addition to all of that, I also have to manage Team Arjun. Everyone on this team is someone I'm responsible for. So if something doesn't get done, it's on me as the leader of the team to make sure it does. And it's my job to be the best leader I can be to make sure that everyone's doing what they're supposed to do. I have to entrust everyone on the team to do their jobs in order for that to be a duty of mine I'm successful in. So everyone who's been on this podcast is someone I entrust and I believe is going to do what they need to do without any handholding and without any micromanagement. And that's kind of what I do. There's a lot more to it. A lot more to it. That's fair. I think in my mind, when I picture Delisi at work, I picture, um, you know, the fairies in the forest and Sleeping Beauty when they are cleaning the house and baking the cake and making the dress, but after they get their wands out, right? (laughs) Everything just kind of moves and orchestrates or kind of goes where it's supposed to. And you're like, I don't know what kind of telepathy or osmosis you're using to get all of this stuff done because my day only has 24 hours in it. I don't know what uh, what kind of time turner that you took. Well, I'm uh, exposing myself as a nerd. So you bring up a really good point, time management, and we can talk about it in a minute, but some advice that Arjun has given me to be successful in my role is really key because we all have the same 24 hours in a day, but it's what you do with those 24 hours that sets you apart from everyone else. People ask me, what is it like to work for Arjun Robbins? And I give them two examples. If you've ever watched Shark Tank, Imagine working for one of the sharks. That's exactly what it's like working for Arjun Robbins. And if they haven't watched Shark Tank, then I'll ask them if they know who the serial entrepreneur Gary Vaynerchuk is. If you know who Gary V is, 
that is such a great comparison in my mind because Arjun Robbins is a coach, a serial entrepreneur, and he is like walking content because every minute you get to spend with Arjun Robbins, there's some kind of wonderful knowledge or example. He gives great feedback every single day and every single hour. So if you get a minute with him, it's worth it. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, we have like 30 hours that we spent in the studio that we've been taking these clips from, and we have just about 30 hours of usable content. <laughs> so it's, uh, yeah. I, I was actually laughing with him today. I was on the phone with Arjun, and uh, we were kind of bantering a little bit. And I was like, Arjun, how do you pull these answers just like out of the ether? And he was like, Carly, a lot of experience, okay? A lot of experience. And I was like, you know, I've known a lot of people who have a lot of experience that don't come up with the things that come out of your mouth. <laughs> and a lot of books. I mean, a lot of books. That's why Profit First for Lawyers was a great book for him to write because it's something he understands. It's something he can speak to and has the experience and the know-how, but he believes in it so much. So it was a great book for him to write. Yeah. So as far as, you know, Delisa, you've mentioned a lot of things about the way that you work in order to support Arjun. What is it like to work directly with him? Can you give any personal experiences? What is that really like day to day? What kind of relationship do you guys have? What kind of things do you banter about? So I would say one thing that's really important when you're talking with Arjun is understanding that time is important. So I always have a list of questions and a list of topics I have to go over with him. If he ever calls me and says, I have 10 minutes, I'm like, yeah, 10 minutes. I've got 20 questions and I can sneak them all in. The way that I do that is I am very purposeful with my words and how I explain something. And so my biggest advice for anyone working with someone who's as busy or just advice in general is I have learned I cannot talk in normal Delisi, which is I tell long stories. I don't know how to tell a short story. I feel like if I say something really fast, I come across as rude. But when you're working with a business professional at the caliber that Arjun is, I don't have that time. I need to be able to tell him, here is the issue in front of us. Here are the facts that you need to know. Here's my suggestion for what you should do and why. And then it's his decision to make from there. And as long as I can get those things in as quickly as I can, it allows us to make decisions fast. And the reason, one of the many, that R. John Robbins is so successful is he makes a lot of decisions every single day. Every time you make a decision, it gets you that much closer to a resolution or having something come of that decision, the license plate on Arjun's car is decide. It's that important to him. So my role, whenever I communicate to him in order to be successful, is letting him know what's at hand, what are the facts you need to know, what's my suggestion, and why, and then he decides. And in addition to that, sarcasm is actually my second language. And so we make so many major decisions every single day that somewhere in the middle of all of that, I have to say, you know what? I don't trust stairs because they're always up to something. 
Like, I just have to tell him a mom joke because we just had a really serious conversation and I need to like lighten the mood a little bit. And that helps because you can't be on, on, on all the time and not laugh. And having that relationship with him and being able to laugh, I think makes our relationship close. Yeah. You know, I, I have noticed that about you specifically, Delisi, is that you seem to be so good at reading a room. You know, I think it's what makes you such a great leader on Team Arjun as well, is that you seem to instinctively know when what tool is needed, you know, like today we need a hammer and tomorrow we need a screwdriver. And in five minutes we might need, you know, yeah, I don't know. I don't know enough tools. I shouldn't have started with this analogy. But You're absolutely right. Because like this morning in our morning meeting, I knew I needed to just take a second and tell you guys that I appreciate working with you and that if you ever need me, I'm here for you because I felt it. I knew that was something that I had to talk about. And that's so important because if I don't take a moment to recognize that I work with people and not robots, and I don't take a moment to realize that we have to connect, the only way we're a great team is if we connect. And when we connect and we have a true bond together, we're an exceptional team. And if we want to go fast and do great things, that connection is really important. Thanks, Delisi. I And, you know, I will say amongst the team, we have talked behind your back about this, about really what is special. And I have never been a part of a team quite like this. So I definitely think that that is in large part to who you are and who you have looked for and kind of this culture that has been cultivated amongst us. So anyway, we just, we super appreciate you. I'm so excited to get to interview you today. I'm honestly feeling a little bit, I don't know. I am a, I, I feel like I'm almost more intimidated trying to interview you, the Delisi, right? Than, than I am when I talk with our John, of course, most of those times it's not recorded for however many people. <laughs> I'm an easier conversation than talking with Arjan. And if something's not right, we'll edit it in post. Yes, hey, that's it. Um, so, okay, you have spent hours upon hours upon hours upon hours, more hours than anybody probably has thought with Arjan. Can you tell us what is one of the most valuable pieces of advice that he's either given to you directly or that he has given to somebody else that you've taken? Yes. So the best piece of advice Arjan has ever given me is to always ask myself, is this the highest and best use of my time? I am someone who, if there is a problem or a challenge or a project in front of me, I have no problem doing it all, even if it kills me. Even if something is not a task I should be doing, if it helps a team, if it gets it done, I'll kill myself and do it. But I also have to realize not everything is the highest and best use of my time. And that's why I have to continue to grow the team because it might not be the highest and best use of my time to do one task. But Arjun has reminded me, if I can have someone else do those tasks and I place a value on my time, then he will have me pull out a calculator, which is something you have to have around at all times when you work for Arjun Robbins, because every decision needs to be made with facts and data. And lots of times when you talk about money, you're crunching the numbers. So he will have me sit down and say, Delisi, how much do you make an hour? 
and I'll tell him and he'll say, okay, if you spend this many hours doing that, how much will it cost me? And I'll tell him and he'll say, don't you think I should hire someone else to do that? And you spend those hours doing this that only you can do. And when he says it like that, I realize there are certain things that only I can do. I helped Arjun launch a business from scratch in November that is now going to potentially gross $50 million in its first year. There are certain skills and experiences that I learned from that that I cannot pass on to anyone else because until you do it, you can't really explain it. And so when I think about things like that, I realize sometimes just because I can do something doesn't mean I should do something. And if I ask myself every single day, what is the highest and best use of my time? Then I can put myself into those situations where it is the highest and best use of my time. And I can delegate and trust my team to do those other tasks and we can get things done more efficiently. Yeah. You're really good at that too. And I, and I will say you're also very good at teaching that because that's, I tend to be a yes person. And that's something that you've definitely had to coach me up about quite a bit is that just because you can do it, should you though? Right. <laughs> and just so you know, Carly, everyone's working on that. No one has that figured out. I don't think no one ever will. I think everyone will always have that as something they need to work on. Yeah. But I, you know, I do agree that that's quite valuable to just, sometimes take a pause, especially sometimes I think if I have too many things on my to-do list for that day and I feel like I'm racing the clock and I'm going from smooth efficiency into kind of that stressful anxiety, you know, when you have too many tasks on your list, right? Um, and just kind of taking a pause and asking myself, is everything on this list necessary? Is all of this the highest and best use of my time? Or is, does some of this need to be delegated? Um, yeah. And I, de I definitely learned that from you. Well, good. And I would challenge you to say, if someone else helps me with it, how much faster am I going to get to work on that next project? That's the other part of it. Because once you're done, doesn't matter if you did it all or someone else did it, forget about the recognition and who did what. As long as it's done, that's what matters. I love that. And I do think it dovetails pretty nicely into the clip that you chose today, right, from Arjun in the studio. Do you want to go ahead and introduce that? Yes. So the clip that I chose, I called it procrastination and ice cream. And the reason I picked that clip is because I am a procrastinator. I totally am. I realize now that's actually a superpower of mine. And the reason I say that is because I will procrastinate something if it's not the best time for me to do it. And I'll explain what that means. Sometimes the decisions I make or the tasks that I need to do require me to tap into a different part of my brain or think differently. And if I'm not in that right headspace, it's going to be more of a challenge. So think about being creative. Think about what Arjun had to do to write this book. It's not like you just put in your calendar, okay, from three to six on Tuesday, I'm going to write one chapter. Either you're feeling it or you're not. If you're not feeling it, those three hours are probably not going to be very productive because you're not in that place to write the best content you can write. And so sometimes I'll procrastinate doing something if I'm not feeling it or I'm not in the mood or I'm not in the right headspace because when I am, oh my gosh, the floodgate opens 
it will take me less time. I will get it all out and it'll be great and it won't be a challenge. And so this clip really resonated with me because there is a long time in my career where I thought, man, I'm such an awful person. I put this time on the calendar for me to do something and instead I did something else. And look at the predicament that I put myself in. But if I'm not married to my calendar and I recognize the fact that sometimes you have to be in a certain headspace or in a certain mood to do the best work you can, then it's totally worth it. Now, in true Arjun fashion, because he gives excellent examples, he talks about that and ties in ice cream. So to all the listeners out there, a full disclosure, you will listen to this clip and you will learn something, but you might also want to eat ice cream after. <laughs> I can't wait to look at it. All right, let's go ahead. Let's roll the clip. Hey, Arjun. Hey. My quick question was, so I think that I noticed that I run from profit when I notice that I have an opportunity that it can go wildly successful. And so I defer doing the things to get it done into the very last minute. Yeah. And so I wonder if I'm running from the work and not necessarily the profit. Does that make sense? Do you ultimately get it done? Yes. Well, then you're not running from the profit if you ultimately get it done. So it's just, it's just the work. So that's probably just a, a capacity thing like a what's your favorite flavor of ice cream mm, strawberry well that explains it people who like strawberry ice cream tend to be people who cram everything in at the last minute <laughs> if only you were born with different taste buds and preferred mint then you could be one of these people who can get an assignment at the beginning of the semester and begin working on it in the first week and have a nice, steady, consistent progress. And then the end of the semester comes and there's no big flurry. Unfortunately, you and I were born with taste buds that doom us to a life of cramming things in at the end. You see, fear, you know that you're subconscious is messing with you if it prevents you from achieving the outcome. If the way you achieve the outcome is crazy and chaotic and whatever, 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 well, then that's just your way of doing things, right. which we could talk about. There might be a better way of doing things. We could talk about there might be some workarounds. We could talk about maybe you should be thinking about hiring people who like mint ice cream to do things steady and consistent and predictable. What kind of ice cream do you like, Carly? Pistachio. You see? She likes pistachio ice cream, which is why I have to have people like her around me. Do you like butter pecan? I will eat it. But you don't like it. I don't eat it as much. You see? She's not a crammer. <laughs> So, so we need people who like pistachio and mint ice cream around us. And you know the thing is, they need us. Because without us, they, we're, we're the sparks. Okay. We're the explosions. We're the people who explode ideas. Okay. That's yeah. Uh, don't, I'm assuming that most people, maybe in your family, teachers, mentors, whatever, are a bunch of pistachio mint ice cream lovers. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, they're them, we're us. All right. 
I loved that. I, you know, I remembered that one because I thought it was such an odd question when Arjun asked me what my favorite flavor of ice cream was. And I, I wouldn't have picked that one out of a lineup. So anyway, I just appreciate you bringing that today. Can I ask, what's your favorite flavor of ice cream? Strawberry. Obviously strawberry. <laughs> I love it. Honestly, and I'm, I'm so glad that you brought that in today because in college, I absolutely was a crammer. I would not get something done until the absolute very last minute. And it's something that I have learned in my professional career of, you know, more than 10 years, right? That I don't do that anymore. But I love that reframing it into if you're procrastinating, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're lazy. It doesn't necessarily mean that you're a bad person. You don't have to feel shame about it. Sometimes maybe it's just an indication that that's not the best task for you to be working on right now, that there are better things that you could be moving forward into. Uh, And I think that's a really empowering framing so long as you're getting stuff done, right? Absolutely. And I will – so my father is a lawyer. And Mm -hmm. I will tell you that having a father as a lawyer, sometimes my dad will not answer a piece of discovery or not respond to a motion until he's pissed. Because when he gets pissed, he does the best legal writing. And then when he goes into a hearing, he's like, man, I'm going to kick their ass on this motion for summary judgment. I've got them. It was amazing. And he's so much more passionate. And I can tell he loves it. Because he did it when he was in the right frame of mind and when it was the best time for him to do that. And forget procrastination. Do it when it's the right time for you. Yeah. Oh, that's good, too. You know what? There's another clip, and we won't play today, but let me tease this out to the audience because I think this one is a really good one. There's also a clip that Arjun talks about in those 30 hours that I had written down where he talks about using anger as a really positive, profitable tool. And I had never considered, you know, anger is one of those emotions that, at least for me as a kid, I always was like, no, that's a bad emotion. We, we try not to be angry, right? But kind of reframing that as there is a time and there is a place. And sometimes you just got to wait for the right time and the right place. And then this is the best, uh, this is the best feeling you could be in for this moment. Absolutely. Absolutely. I ran my best mile when I was angry. <laughs> That'd be the only time I'd run a mile. I better be angry or running from somebody. (laughs) I love it. Well, Delisi, changing tax just a little bit. Mm -hmm. So this morning, uh, you had a phone call with the rest of Team Arjun, and you announced something pretty big, right? So I know we have a clip, but do you want to give the audience a little bit of a teaser before we play this? Yes. So this clip is the big reveal that I did with Team Arjun earlier today where I told them what the prize was going to be. And for anyone who's been listening to the podcast from the beginning, we didn't know what that big prize would be. And I didn't even know what that big prize would be. Obviously, Arjun didn't know because he didn't know you're doing a podcast. Um, but it was a wonderful moment to celebrate the success of the team and the success of this podcast. And I'm really excited to share this clip. Yeah. Okay. Let's go ahead. Let's roll the clip. Welcome everybody. I wanted to start off this recording and just talk through the big reveal, the big surprise we had been talking about something 
would be a big surprise at the end if we did a great job with the podcast. So I wanted to share what that surprise is because I had a chance to talk with Arjun and figure out what was appropriate. So are you all sitting down? It's a pony. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, we did an excellent job with the pre-launch of the Profit First for Lawyers book. And to date, the last time I ran a report, we have sold 24,950 copies of the Profit First for Lawyers book. So... Who's buying 50 more? Yes. We are. (laughs) I'm sure 50 have come in since that last report. But um, when I was talking with Arjun, that was such a great number. Like, it's an amazing number. We never thought we would hit that. It was out of this world. So we said, let's do something really intentional and true Arjun fashion. So he said, let's make each book a dollar. So I'm going to take $24,950 and I'm going to divide it up amongst the five of you, Carly, Zoe, Tammy, Raul, Denise. You're all going to get $24,950 divided amongst the five of you. Wow. That's awesome. Thank Thank you. you. Congrats. I got to step back for a second. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow, you guys, thank you. Congratulations. Yeah. And I just, for those of you who are watching on YouTube and you see the video camera, we have Lena joining us too. Lena, I wanted you to be a part of this because you are new to the team. But what I think is really important is for you to know you joined a team and a team wins together and loses together. We absolutely won together. And when that happens, we will all get rewarded for it. So this is a sneak peek at what it looks like to win together as a team. I mean, I'm I'm honestly still in a lot of shock over the reveal. Um, I'm so grateful. You guys have been amazing. Thank you for this. Um, I don't know what to say. I myself am still kind of speechless. Well, thank you, Carly. You've done a wonderful job with this book launch and with this podcast. And I want you to know, I really appreciate all of your hard work. And I know Arjun and the team do as well. Thank you. Um, And thank you for being here today. Uh, And a big thanks to you and to Arjun for trusting us with this really giant project, um, for trusting me with this project, and for really going above and beyond to make us feel appreciated. Um, I'm really excited to have you on another episode, and I'm also really excited to keep collaborating with you in the future. Agreed. The feeling is mutual, Carly. (laughs) Oh, I love it. All right. Well, that's what we have for you guys today, folks, and I hope that you enjoyed this episode. Remember to send us your feedback at podcast at ProfitFirstForLawyers.com and to go to ProfitFirstForLawyers.com to order your copy of the book. So stay tuned next time as we begin part two of our seven-part series on the seven main parts of every successful law firm. And as I continue to serve up some really piping hot tea. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Profit First for Lawyers. If you're enjoying what you're hearing, tell a friend. And buy your copy of the book at ProfitFirstForLawyers.com. Your future self will thank you for it. And we will see you next time.